So, this week, we're reading about the mitzvah of counting the Omer. In uh, chapter Chav Gimel, Pasuk Tazvav, Torah says, Usfartam l'chem Shabbos, you should count the day after Shabbos, from the day that you bring the Omer offering, you should count for seven complete weeks, seven weeks. Now, Rashi over here explains and says the day after Shabbos doesn't mean literally the day after Shabbos, it means the day after Passover, the day after the, the first day of Passover. First day of Passover is a holiday, and in Israel it's a one day holiday. So, after the one day holiday in Israel, then we should do um, the counting of the Omer. That's what Rashi says. Now, the literal translation of the Pasuk is the day after Shabbos. And so, there were people who uh, didn't believe in the tradition of the meaning of the Torah, of the oral Torah. And they had a whole war against the sages trying to uh, make Pesach fall out on Shabbos. Pesach does sometimes fall out on Shabbos, but they made quite an effort to make Pesach fall out on Shabbos so that this verse could be fulfilled. So, So it could be both the day after Shabbos and the day after Pesach. They, they felt always have to, the Pesach has to always fall out on Shabbos. So the question though is, yes, our sages knew with tradition and they have very ironclad proofs that the definition of the day after Shabbos is the day after the first day of Pesach. But the question is, why does the Torah have to say it in this funny way when it's really the day after Pesach? Why is it saying it in a funny way? So to understand this, let's look a little bit more into this mitzvah in the context of how this mitzvah falls out in the, uh, in the whole context of all of our holidays. So seven weeks after um, Pesach, we have the holiday of Shavuos. The holiday of Shavuos has a unique offering that's different than all other offerings. And we, the, the unique offering that's brought in Shavuos was two loaves of bread. Um, Torah says in, cha- in the same chapter, two verses later, from where you live, in other words, from Israel, you had to bring the offering from um, the harvest that was um, grown in Israel. Uh, what should you bring? You should bring bread, two, two loaves of bread, and they should be waved. They would wave the bread and they would wave the uh, sacrifices that were brought with the bread. They would wave the sheep. And the Torah says... Um, it should be made out of chametz. Because it was made out of chametz, it couldn't be offered on the altar because the altar wasn't, um, no, no chametz could be offered on the altar. But that was the offering, um, and it was eaten as other offerings by the Kohanim. The priests, the Kohanim, would eat the offering. And uh, this was a unique thing that there, it had to be made specifically out of chametz. Especially unique considering. And seven weeks before this, Chametz is public enemy number one. Chametz is wholly forbidden. And all of a sudden, on Shavuos, it's brought in the Beis HaMikdash, together with the sacrifices, together with the sheep, the carbon shlamim, together with the, with the um, offerings of the holiday, the Kohen waves the sheep together with the bread. And this, this is, they're both holy, they're both special. And yet, seven weeks before, we say that chametz is, is the worst thing imaginable and you can't have the tiniest bit of it. 
And the question is, what's going on? Is chametz a good thing or a bad thing? So the answer is, is that there's two ways of serving Hashem. There's serving Hashem with your mind and serving Hashem with your faith. The um, idea of serving Hashem with your faith is that whether you understand it or not, whether it makes sense or not, you know this is the truth. This is a tradition that, you're, that we have from your father and back to his father, all the way back to Moses. Those of us who just started learning the, um, uh, the Rambam, the Rambam amazingly describes every generation, one after another, how the Torah arrived to us. You see the unbroken chain from Moses to Moses, Maimonides. It's amazing. So I believe this because this is the truth. Does it make sense? doesn't have to make sense. I put my mind on the side and I, I say I believe. So when a person is um, in the zone of faith, the zone of I believe, he is pushing aside his own um, perspective, his own understanding. He's saying, I believe this, whether it makes sense to me or not. Um, the um, Gemara describing the Yitzhahara, the Gemara says that, Gemara talks about certain people who made big, major mistakes in their life, and the Gemara says, one second, how could this person make a mistake? Wasn't he such a noble, wonderful person? And Gemara says, well, it depends if he was a noble person. He was a noble person at one point, but then he became Chometz. The Gemara's description of, of uh, failure in character is Chometz. Here was, this, was hap- this happened before he was Chometz, and this happened after he was Chometz. That's the Gemara's title for failure, for negative behavior. Now, the, why is Chometz considered negative behavior? The simple reason is, is because Chometz, um, unlike Matzah, which is thin, Chometz uh, is all puffed up and represents a person who's full of themselves. And it says in Hasidus that um, it's not just that Chometz represents arrogance, but the more focused you have on yourself and how you feel, the harder it is to, ha- to believe, the harder it is to have faith. When you're focusing on how you feel and how your perspective is, so then if you don't understand something, that's a problem for you because your, your center of gravity, your home space is how do I feel, what do I think? So if you're very in touch with, very centered on you, yourself and your feelings, so then um, something that threatens that and says, push yourself aside, that's, uh, that's not easy. So the first step of serving Hashem on Pesach is to have the bread of faith, to have the matzah. What's matzah? Matzah, again, is thin. It represents abnegation of self, putting ourselves on the side, and believing in Hashem. That's the voice of our soul, the voice of faith, the voice of truth. The Zohar says faith is truth. So on Pesach, we put ourselves on the side and we listen to our soul talk, listen to Amunah, listen to the, the, the food of faith. We eat the food of faith. We make a faith part of ourselves. So it's not, it's not um, um, our persona changing. It's not our identity changing. On the contrary, it's us putting our identity on the side and our beliefs on the side and our, our feelings on the side and trying to get in touch with something higher than ourselves. doesn't matter if we understand. So the um, Torah says that when we were in Egypt, 
when Hashem told us to leave Egypt, we ran away from Egypt. The idea of running away from Egypt is, spiritually, is that you're running away from yourself. You're going with your soul's voice, and you're ignoring the voice of, of your own mind saying, hey, where are you running so fast? So, the Gemara's description of all kinds of character flaws with Chomets is, is uh, very ready to understand it because why do we make all these mistakes? We make these mistakes because I say, well, the way I feel and the way I understand, that should, super, uh, th- that should um, be more significant to, it, to what Hashem is telling me to do. So, so all kinds of evil are represented by Chomets because why is it that I decide that I could say Lashon Hara, for example? It's because I'm in the mood of saying Lashon Hara. So it's not only um, arrogance that Chomets produces. It's, it's, it's our resistance to, to ignore how we feel, what we want to do. The more ich, says Chassidus, the I is a source of all kinds of evil. But the more centered I am in my I, the less I'm interested in listening to what the Torah's perspective is, what Hashem's perspective is. So step one in serving Hashem is put your eye on the side, become like the matzah, and, and it's an amazing power of the soul to, to be able to push aside your persona, to push aside your reason, to push aside your perspective. That's a, it's a very powerful soul energy that allows us to rise above how we feel and to go and, and to follow Hashem. That's amazing. But that's only step one in serving Hashem. Step two in serving Hashem is Shavuos. Shavuos, the Torah says, it's a mitzvah to bring bread to Hashem. Chametz, specifically. What that means is, is that Hashem wants not only for us to push aside our perspective, push aside our persona, but Hashem wants us to integrate our personal perspective, the way we look, the way we are as regular people, the way our perspective is on life, and that should be in, that should um, absorb the Torah's perspective until it becomes our own perspective. It's not enough that we um, negate our persona, but it has to become who we are. That we should look at life as the way our soul looks at life. And this is a critical. It's not just about the holiday, but this is just a critical component in serving Hashem. A lot of people are have Pesach moments where they make big decisions and they run away from everything they were used to and they become Bali Tshuva, and then you look in the mirror one day, like, what happened to me? And, uh, and, they, and, they, and it's hard, and it's, they, they're confused. What, what's, ne- what's their next move? I mean, they, 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 they look at themselves and they feel like, this isn't me. And there is another point, there, there is a uh, truth to that. There is, they're, 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 they are their truest, deepest self, but they're not their natural human conscious selves. And that's the um, novelty of the holiday of Shuas where our chametz becomes a mitzvah. That, that represents is that not only is um, my neshama speaking, but even my I, my natural human self, also recognizes the truth and the goodness of Hashem, the goodness of His Torah, how wonderful it is to be a Jew, how wonderful it is to do mitzvahs. Not just my neshama says that. I say that. That's what I think. I think mitzvahs are great. I think being a Jew is great. The, my I, my natural human self, so how do we get there on Shuas? How do all of a sudden we arrive on Shuas with this amazing perspective? So Hashem gives us between Pesach and Shuas the days of counting the Yom. During these days, Hashem gives us the power to rectify every one of our character traits so that our persona should be in sync with Torah. That's, so when we arrive on Shuas, 
we're able to bring bread to Hashem, to bring ourselves to Hashem. Our bread, our persona becomes holy. Truth is, even on Shavuos, there is a um, declaration of abnegation of self. When we got the Torah, what did we say? We will do before we understand. But it's not only we will do, it's also we will understand. It's not just like on Pesach where there's just we will do, just the idea of faith. On Shavuos, there's an emphasis on how do I understand it? How do I appreciate it? What, what about, my, about, about myself, my feelings? So Shavuos has that element into in it. How does Shavuos get that element? It's because of the days between Pesach and Shavuos. Because days of, between Pesach and Shavuos, it's possible to, um, through our efforts and changing our character, which Hashem gives us this ability to do during these weeks, so that when we come to Shavuos, this is indeed uh, not just my soul's perspective, this is the way I look at things. So that's why the Torah says, all the offerings that were offered to Hashem came, were offered from wheat, but uh, the offering of the Omer sacrifice was from barley. Why from barley? So Gemara says that there only was one other sacrifice that was from barley, and that was the offering of the woman who was suspect of being unfaithful to her husband. Gemara says, why was her offering from barley? Because barley is an animal food. Because her actions were actions of an animal, therefore a sacrifice is a sacrifice of an animal. So, so too, the, the Omer offering that's brought on the beginning of Pesach, it's also brought from barley. Why is it brought from barley? Because the focus is not about our neshama's voice. The focus is on our human self. The focus is on our barley, on our animal soul. And, and trying to advertise the Torah to our animal soul in a way that our animal soul also should recognize the truth of Hashem. And that's the meaning of the words of the Torah, Usfartem Lachem. You should count for yourself. The word Usfartem also has the translation as sapphire. Hashem is saying, I want you to become beautiful. I know your Neshama is beautiful, but I want you to be beautiful. I want your, the way you are as a human being, that to be beautiful too. Not just the Neshama should be beautiful, but you as a human being should be beautiful. It's also the meaning of chapter 2 in Ethics of Our Fathers. Rabbi begins that chapter by saying, What path should man choose in life? Just choose a path that you consider beautiful and everyone says is beautiful. What does that mean? I mean, what's the question? What's the answer? What path should you choose in life? Do we have a choice? Isn't, isn't the Torah telling us exactly what we need to do every second of our lives? What does the Torah mean when it says, What path should you choose in life? The Torah means this, what Rabbi means is, Is this something you have to do? Or is it something that you want to do? So you say, well, I have to do it, don't I? Yeah, that's a good first step. But Rabbi says there's a step two. The step two is counting the Omer. The step two is getting to Shuas, where your chametz, where your persona says, this is the most beautiful thing that I like as a human being. And that is a critical component in, 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 anyone, in, in the life of Al Shuva, especially, where you, not only does your neshama say, run away from whatever you used to, run away from your lifestyle, but, but, but no, not make, it, make, it, make it your own perspective. Think, think about how... Look deeper beneath the surface until this looks beautiful to you, until you can see the beauty. And dig deeper. Dig deeper to see the beauty. That's, that's, a, that's the, what the Omer is about. Pesach is about step one. Go out, do this because it's true. Step two is dig deeper and find the beauty. Now, this step two, it sounds like a step going lower. It sounds like you're going closer to yourself, and it sounds like it's a step lower. But the truth is, it's a step higher in the energy that's needed to accomplish this. In order to be able to change our persona, to change our chametz persona, it requires a much larger 
kind of divine energy than, than, uh, than, our, than to have our soul speak. Our soul speaks and ignores our body and ignores our animal soul. That's easy. But for our ichiness, for our persona to change, for us to become so beautiful as the Torah wants, requires something otherworldly. And that's what the Torah says. When should the count of the Omer begin? It should begin the day after Shabbos. What's Shabbos mean? Shabbos is a day that's naturally holy. Without us doing anything, Shabbos is holy. Shabbos represents pristine godliness and holiness that Hashem has given us. That's amazing. But in order to take a Jew out of Egypt, in order for him to change his persona, so Hashem says, I'm going to give you everything I have. I'm going to give you my very core. I'm going to give you what's beyond Shabbos. I know you're in Egypt, and I know you're dealing with all kinds of, of, of insecurities, and you're dealing with all kinds of things inside yourself. So I know that, that, that you, your change seems to you impossible. Shem tells, tells you, I'm giving you impossible. I'm giving you something otherworldly to, know, to facilitate this. I want you to know you should make yourself beautiful, and you're, beautiful, and you're like, one second, Hashem, do you know who I am? Hashem says, I know exactly who you are. And that's why I'm talking to you the day after Shabbos. I'm talking to you from a place that's beyond the, the order of the spiritual cosmos. Shabbos represents the, the highest part of the spiritual cosmos. Shabbos is number seven of the week and represents the, the holiest time in time. But it's still within time. The day after Shabbos means essence. It means Hashem says, I'm giving you my essence. I'm taking you by the hand and I'm going to help you be your most beautiful self. It's not, it's, yes, it's impossible. So Hashem says, this is something impossible. I'm recognizing that. But I want you to know you're important to me. And because you're important to me, not just your, your neshama is important, but your mission is important. And, you're, and you're, my, the, the, what I'm asking of you is important. And I'm giving you my very core. I'm holding you by the hand and I take you through valleys, through creeks, through cliffs, through mountains. We're going to go for seven weeks and you are going to be beautiful at the end. You're going, your chametz is going to be amazing. So, so Hashem specifically highlights how impossible it is, but also, not just how impossible it is, but how He's giving us impossible. Hashem is giving us a unique strength to take us from our Egypt, from our lowest point, because that lowliness is something that, that so to speak, um, it, it, it bothers Hashem. It bothers, it, he cares about His child stuck in Egypt, about His child stuck in this ichi this place, and Hashem says, no, I'm, I'm, I, I care about you and I'm going to take you out of that place and bring you, bring you all the way up. There was a chassid of the Alt Rebbe who um, had a big uh, downfall spiritually. And the Alt Rebbe personally got involved in helping this guy getting back on the horse. And all the other chassidim were jealous. And they were like, why does this guy get special attention? So, if I remember correctly, the parable Alt Rebbe gave them was as follows. Is a shepherd. And the shepherd prods all the sheep in line. So for most sheep, just prodding them with a stick is enough. Just prod them. But when a sheep falls into a, a, a pit, then the shepherds take the, to take the sheep, put it on the shoulders, on the shepherd's shoulders, and carry it out of the pit. This guy needs special attention because he is in Egypt. So similarly, Hashem recognizes that, that every year, on the, this, this time, we're coming from Egypt. And this is a time when Hashem gives us the power to whatever Egypt is for us this year. That's, 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 that's Egypt compared to where we're supposed to get to. And Hashem says, I'm taking you by the hand. It's going to work. L'chaim, l'chaim. Should, uh, yes? One, more, one question. You talked about the funny way which we remember the 50th day. When we started, you said at the beginning. Seven weeks, yeah. Seven weeks plus one day. Right. right. Yeah. 
Was there something particular about the way we converted that? Yes, yes. So that is that we could only rectify the 49th. The 50th gate is a gift given from Hashem. So in Chassidus it talks about three models of divine response. There is Hashem giving us assistance before we serve Hashem. There's a way Hashem responds to us based on our service of Hashem, exactly commensurate to our efforts. And then there's a gift that Hashem gives us that's beyond one, once we make the, the preparation. So it's not something that we could reach and pull down, but Hashem responds to it once we make that step. So Pesach is the gift from above, commensurate to our efforts. The Sefir Saomer is based upon each day we're doing something, there's a response. And then as a result, then Hashem gives us this gift of Shuas, which is, which is the giving of the Torah, which is One far, far beyond our efforts. Right, which is, yeah, completely incomparable to anything we did before. So then you also mentioned that there's concerns uh, about the body. So here we are leaving Egypt. We are like the soldier, right? We're accused of all kinds of sins. And we, we deprive ourselves by giving up a beautiful note. But yeah, we deprive ourselves by giving up our Right. Eighty percent of people didn't want to go, right? Right. So then we finally get there through this Process. increasing understanding of communication. Yeah. And at that point, we are able to offer up comments because it's no longer new to us. I mean, nothing to do with It's not negative anymore. Yeah, it would, we no longer enslave ourselves to that. We can give that up. Right. Well, well, it's not just, it, 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 it itself is holy. Our persona, our persona is good. We, we are beautiful. Chaim.